Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everybody, welcome to a new series on Undying Light. This will be your probably Wednesday show, I think is when I'm going to drop these. Uh, used to be Tuesdays, but uh, just for the sake of everything, I got to change everything up. So Wednesdays, I believe, will be our new drop date. And uh, this particular series, I don't know how long it will be. It could be uh, five or six episodes. It could be eight or ten episodes. I just really don't know. But there is a particular goal with this, and uh, the goal is to examine social media uh, in its entirety from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um, and uh, even Reddit and all these other forum-type places. And the goal is to um, work through the good things that social media has done and the bad things that social media has done and talk about some of these negative impacts that social media by and large has had on the church and on people's theology. And so as we go forth through this little adventure together, I'm going to be uh, examining a lot of these uh, videos that we come across the reels or uh, you know, even the the lives or you know, YouTube things, and we will dig into the complexities of some of these theological positions and how they can have a major influence on the church. And we'll talk about some accounts. Uh, I will probably name names for those that I do support and those that I would advise to stay away from. Um, out of the sheer fact of hoping to encourage you to be dis. Uh, to use your discernment and be vigilant when you are online uh, and to really put everything that is said under the lens of scripture. And that includes everything that you hear on this show, whether it's a a Friday show, Saturday, or, you know, a Wednesday show, everything that I speak should be examined under scripture and should always be, you know, used in that framework. And that I think is what we use to uh, scrutinize and to uh, support other content. So, uh, the 
kind of, like I said, the position of the show, I don't know how long we'll go. Uh, my goal is to be at about 30 minutes or less. Sometimes they, these might be a little bit longer. Sometimes they might be a little shorter. Um, I just don't know how much uh, I can really rabbit hole on some of the contents, but I'm pretty sure I can really just kind of go for a long time. And the end result, I think, uh, would be to use the content that I build out for this show and write a book about it down the road. And the book will essentially be, you know, the like the new landscape for Christianity in the West, because as we really are uh, in this unique time, we are facing something that the church, I, I think, by and large, has had issues with handling uh, recently. And more so, the church really just, I don't know if it quite has an answer for it. Uh, and that is all of the um, bad teaching, heretical teaching, false teaching that we see on social media. But this is something that has never had a presence in the church until you know, within the last 15 or so years. And because uh, even Facebook itself is only uh, not even 20 years old, I believe. I, well, I think it launched to the public in like 06. So we're coming up on 20 years. But I think by and large, what we are witnessing is just about 15 years or, or younger. And so a lot of this content uh, really is relatively new uh, in the landscape of the church. And this is giving people, you know, a platform, a voice. And it almost feels like if anybody has a smartphone and a Bible that they can say whatever they want. And we run into uh, numerous issues trying to defend the scriptures and defend the church traditions. And yet we come to the conclusion that there's just going to be many false teachers. And that's what Jesus promises uh, in Matthew 24. And so we're seeing kind of this uh, epidemic take place before us in front of our very eyes. And truthfully, should the church have an answer to it? And should the church make a response or should the church kind of bury its head in the sand and ignore it? Uh, and really, what's the right avenue, right? How do we deal with a lot of these bad teachings and bad videos? And when anybody has a voice and everybody has an opinion, it can be, uh, it, it's an impossible task. I remember asking um, a particular theologian um, who's, his degree is in Hebrew and Greek. And I asked him a question. I said, how often do people send you videos uh, of people twisting the Hebrew and really actually implant, implanting something into the text that doesn't actually exist? And he said, I could have a full-time job trying to debunk or answer all of these questions. And so it's uh, interesting you know, when we take into consideration the multitude of false teachings that exist on social media. And so the precursor, I think, to the series in this show is simply this. Don't get your theology from social media. You can use social media to help support, defend, or find a community of like-minded believers. But don't get your theology solely from social media. Plant yourself in a good local church. Ensure that you are hearing sound biblical teaching and preaching every Sunday. Get yourself a nice Bible. Get yourself a study Bible. Get yourself some commentaries. Do yourself the favor and study. If you're a Lutheran, 
get yourself a book of Concord and read the confessions so that you have an understanding of what it is that you believe. If you are a Baptist or a Methodist or a Presbyterian, get yourself the Westminster or the 1689 or the Heidenberg Catechisms and, uh, and confessions and make sure you read through those so you understand what it is that you believe. Don't just get your social media from or your theology from social media because you're going to find massive gaps. And I on the rantathon, I made this kind of made the statement. This is really kind of what sparked the thought for this show. On the rantathon, I made a statement that if you uh, have a platform, that doesn't mean you're an expert in everything. You can be an expert in certain fields, but don't step out of your boundary. And this was basically in tune to a particular fitness uh, guru, if you would, who and business guru, uh, who was answering some deep theological questions about homosexuality and other uh, pressing topics within the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. And he was making statements that, you know, the word homosexual wasn't found in the Bible before, you know, a certain date and, you know, so on and so forth. So if you want to hear me rant on that, go check out the Rantathon for 23. Uh, which was aired here in January of 1st of 2024. So with all of that, just be careful of who you follow. Put everything under a line because I'll tell you that not everybody who has a page uh, has the teaching or depth of knowledge to um, or authority, for that matter, to really teach. Sharing some uh, sharing scriptures and sharing thoughts or sharing wisdom, things like that. I'm totally I'm totally for it. I, I think that's a wonderful use of social media. Um, but when it gets down to teaching, you really should be careful of who you're following. Uh, let's use a couple examples of who I would recommend, depending on your your camp of theology to, to follow. Um, if you are a Lutheran, follow Chad Bird, follow Flame, uh, Jordan Cooper. Those are great guys, very sound biblical teachers. They have the proper educations, the proper authorities to teach uh, what it is that they are teaching on. Generally, Chad is through the Bible and talks about the exegetical uh, verses and talks to the Greek and Hebrew. That's his expertise. Flame uh, has come out of the Calvinist movement, is a Lutheran and confessionally based, and so he's able to talk about uh, more from a layperson standpoint the viewpoints of Lutheran theology and the, uh, how all of those things apply to the Christian life. And then obviously somebody like Jordan Cooper, very academical and very, very knowledgeable when it comes to church history and the finer workings of the Lutheran faith and uh, the confessions that we carry. So those are my like three people in the Lutheran camp. If you're you know, a Calvinist and you're looking for other teachings, obviously there's some good preachers out there that are on social media, somebody like Nick. Uh, not necessarily not a preacher per se, but he's definitely got a good platform and a good education behind him. So you can follow Christ as the Cure. Uh, if you want to follow Bible Dingers, they are very well educated individuals. Um, but like I said, there are pages out there that have n- you know no more than essentially what we would describe as a YouTube degree, and they are teaching in a in a vicinity that they are just not qualified to teach in. So be very cautious of that, and. I really, like I said, I want to make this series um, it's probably going to step on toast because I, 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 I'm at kind of the point in my journey where social media is uh, has a lackluster effect on me anymore, and I've juggled the, the notion for quite a long time of whether I should just cut everything and just no longer be on it, but I have so many friends there that I don't want to lose them, so 
in time, I probably will, but I just have no desire on social media because you can't place a position of thought without getting backlash from 10 people. And I say that, you know, if I were to post something about infant baptism, I'll probably get comments all over the spectrum that I'm, you know, from from the extremes of being a heretic and a false teacher down to, you know, you, you know, fully supportive of my position. So there's that whole range of views there that people take. Uh, and that's the same thing on Twitter. If you make a statement, you're going to get just about every single person in the world to comment on it. Uh, and I made a statement in my last sermon on the pendulum swinging. Social media is very, very easy place for that pendulum to swing back and forth between the extremes. And it almost feels like on social media, it's always an extreme of what people take. And I think what Nick at Christ of the Cure has been doing lately is quite um, genius, in fact, with these posts that he's been putting up. Uh, essentially placing what would be a controversial statement and then guiding the reader through how a position may or may not be supported. Uh, for instance, he uh, did one on, uh, did God die on the cross and, or is Mary uh, the son or the mother of God? And so he walks through the meticulous positionings uh, through scripture and through the church confessions on how those positions are actually supported. And I know that ruffled a lot of feathers because a lot of the Protestants don't like to place Mary in such a position, nor do they like to say that God died on the cross. And so those are things that obviously are going to come when you start teaching sound biblical doctrine. Uh, you're going to ruffle the feathers because most people on social media have the YouTube degrees or they've read one or two theological books and therefore they claim to be experts so they know what they're talking about. And I'm not to say that they're not smart people, but I'm saying when it comes to the teaching and, and edification part of it, social media is a bad place for it. Uh, good debates and good discussions should be done in the classroom, academical settings, or on a stage designed for debates. Uh, social media is not, in my opinion, the place for it. And so that's kind of my, my really big rant. Um, but I do believe there are good things out there. There's some great ministries that are targeted towards women and helping women, uh, and they and they really walk you through what it means uh, to be a woman in, from Scripture, you know, biblical womanhood, and those are wonderful pages, and they do a lot of good things for women in the female communities and helping them in today's, you know, crazy times that we live in. Uh, and there's pages that are dedicated to the masculinity uh, from a biblical lens and helping men become the fathers and, and husbands and leaders in the family that they need to be. Those are great pages. And so there's good niche teaching groups out there, and those are great. And so, uh, but I always say exercise everything with caution when when examining what somebody's using, especially if they're coming from a more of an opinionated position on uh, on their scripture or on a passage of sorts. So today's show. Uh, I want to keep it pretty simple and straightforward. We're not going to get into any of the heavy-hitting bad stuff today. I just wanted to really give you kind of a long uh, precursor on being uh, discernful on how you read Scripture. So I put this comment up a couple of days ago, and I just said, how has social media affected your theology? And I got a good amount of answers, and so I want to kind of talk through some of these. I said that I won't name your names, nor will I share your experiences, um, but uh, I'm going to walk through some of the comments that they positioned or what they said, and I want to kind of 
uh, use that as a as a good stout, a good standing point, a good starting position for us to take. So uh, this individual said, far more than most of the teaching I've received at the local churches I've attended, um, and for the better, in my honest opinion. So this person has had better experience on social media with sound teaching than they have in their local church, which is, again, a tragedy to take place because the local church is where you should get good, authentic law gospel preaching and good uh, exegetical teaching. There's a difference between the two. Teaching should be exegetical. It should be telling you and describing to you what the situation is. But in the pulpit, the preaching should be a law gospel. Uh, this person said it confirmed that I need to spend less time on Instagram and more time reading. Amen to that. Uh, and I'm sure if you listen to the show, you know who what you wrote. But uh, I firmly believe that, and I completely wholeheartedly agree that we should all spend less time on social media. Uh, it has helped me grow in understanding, but also grow in impatience, pride, and a lack of compassion. I had to step back from social media and keep my heart guarded. Yes, I've witnessed that myself. I've experienced that myself. I've had to take breaks throughout my career on social media because it can run us dry. Uh, I became Lutheran. We all have wafers. We sure do. Uh, actually, we have real bread in our church. Uh, one of our ladies makes the uh, uh, unleavened bread for communion from scratch, which is fantastic. Much better than those plastic wafer things that you buy. Help me understand false teachings and how to spot them. More and more convinced that Luther Lutheranism is simply true Christianity. I had been through some solid Christian accounts on Instagram. I don't know if I would have ever been more aware that my theology was lacking, so I'm thankful uh, that there's way more wicked, seared minds, sheep-brained people than I had imagined. Strengthened it by following solid accounts and sharpened my discernment. Uh, another individual sent me a long trek into my inbox, and I can read it if I can find it again. Uh, the podcasts are actually a better place for this person and their social media journey. Um, so let me see if I can get back into my inbox. Instagram has been kind of wacky with me lately because it will only show me like the most recent two days of comments, and I get you know probably fifty DMs a day. And then it like goes back to like five days ago and then like two months ago. So it like it cuts off a whole chunk of uh, conversations that I've had with people and that really drives me nuts. And I think that's what it's going to do with this individual. And I believe I don't want to paraphrase or say anything that they said um, because I would don't want to misrepresent anybody. That's not what I him doing oh here we go i found it so they said i'm a dis i was a dispensational methodist watching videos on facebook found a pastor uh, reviewing judith by a perfect circle went to show someone else but could only remember the guy had a beard found jeff durbin and now attend a presbyterian church also stereotypically stumbled across ball washer i don't know why you're clapping video and was convicted ball washer story happens first those are my two stories so this person Started as a dispensationalist Methodist and then essentially became Presbyterian through their time on social media, which is perfectly fine. So, you know, there's a lot of good stories on social media, and I've I've witnessed a lot of it. I've been in a part of a lot of these people who have come to know Christ at a deeper level, and I think that is wonderful. And my um, my whole framing on social media has always been try to be a positive reinforcement and there were times especially when I was in the Calvinist circles that I was more of a hammer wielding uh, psycho than I was a compassionate and merciful pastor 
and obviously those days of the hammer wielder were long before my pastor days. But, you know, in the early days, um, I would just bash anybody if they didn't agree with me. And if you didn't, then you were obviously wrong. And I see a lot of that still take place from uh, individuals nowadays. And it doesn't matter what circle you find yourself in, whether it's Catholic or Lutheran or Presbyterian or Calvinist or whatever, there are those kind of cage staged individuals and it's really bad over on Twitter. There just almost seems to be like no filter on Twitter. So if you're there, I'm sorry. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a battle zone there. So we're going to have a whole episode or two dedicated to just that stuff. So there are some good things that come out of social media. Obviously this podcast, um, was birthed out of social media and it came because, uh, way before even Paul and I had joined forces. Uh, I was doing lies with uh, another individual and him and I would get on and just talk through, you know, some of the serious things. Most of it was just false teachers and stuff like that. Very low hanging fruit. And, and then when Paul and I got on the, on this, on the horn together, we, uh, you know, discussed the things of Calvinism and then I started seminary and then we kind of stopped recording and then we ended up splitting. He did his own show and I've done this and, uh, now, you know, become full circle in Lutheranism and, you know, he's still in the Calvinist circle, but he doesn't really have a deep presence on social media anymore. And I'm glad that he doesn't because I, I, I do not care too much for social media. So you'll see how I am going to be pretty much a hater on it. Uh, it's done good things, but it has also done some really awful and bad things. I, I think it has caused us to have shorter attention spans. It has caused us to be dependent upon a phone. And for entertainment, we have lost the ability to uh, research and read and study topics. We now go to YouTube for information when we could crack open a book and do some actual learning. And so I think social media, by and large, uh, the, the evils, I think, in some instances outweigh the good, but there are still good things that it does do. So um, this isn't going to be a bashing of it all, but I do certainly want to really educate you as a listener on the dangers uh, and hopefully, as this show progresses, uh, help you to understand the dangers just outside of the church because uh, if you're a young parent, like I've got two younger kids, I don't want my children on social media and that's not because I want to, you know, I want to be mean to them. It's to, it's to protect them. Social media is dangerous. Uh, from bullying to the identity persona that it creates, that you have to be popular on social media in order to be popular in school. All of these things can be quite dangerous, and it has caused uh, numerous uh, issues within the schools, especially with like school shootings and the hatred that is fumigated by these individuals who commit such heinous crimes. Uh, it has caused people to commit suicide due to depression and anxiety issues and all these sort of things. And so I certainly do believe that the evils of social media far outweigh the goods in most cases. Um, and yet we still allow it to control our lives. And that is a huge issue from every level, whether it's in the theological circles or outside the theological circle. So that's the warning essentially for the show. We're going to get into some things that are going to be quite uncomfortable. We're going to get into some things that you're going to find to be hopefully entertaining because we're going to come across a whole bunch of terrible theology and we're going to talk and laugh together and uh, it'll just be uh, an outrageous moment. So hang tight as we work through the content. Um, my goal is to drop new shows every Wednesday on these 
things. And so next week we will start digging into uh, some of those content drivers and we'll probably start with Instagram because that's where my bigger presence is and we'll go through from there. So uh, stay tuned for Friday's show and uh, I hope you guys have a great week and uh, we'll see you all later. God bless. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.